Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Snatched. Noir. Snatched. <laughs> Noir and Noir. Oh my God. Black. Oh, look at you. Oh, I know. The last episode, I was struggling to pronounce this season. And now it's your turn. Black and back again. I got there. I got there. I got there. Yes. Um, hope you're doing really well. As the, as the day gets darker, winter is here. Winter is coming. Um, my name is Latoya and I'm joined by... You it. <laughs> I was going to sing that one. <laughs> you want to go ahead no, and sing okay. it then? My, my oh, bit, did I take the moment? It's a bit raspy today. So we... we um. I apologise in advance for uh, a raspy voice today. I think both of us are feeling a little bit... We're really unwell. We're really unwell. Um, (laughs) But we're going to soldier through. It's a bit hot in here, isn't it? Temperature. Um, (laughs) Okay, so today's episode, if you haven't been tuning in so far, let me backtrack a little bit. We've been looking at the black community, uh, the culture as a whole in different areas. So we've explored the workplace we've explored relationships i believe um we've explored businesses we've explored family uh, you know everything comparison in comparison to our white peers and Mm. as we travel through black history month we are looking a little bit today at um not a little bit a lot at society and culture and where we sit where our position is within today's society and i guess how much that has changed um you know post slavery let's be realistic post colonialism um yeah. what has changed for us as a black community um yeah basically so i'm going to kick off you ask you a question yeah go ahead okay so what do you how do you think our position as a community has mm. uh evolved or not um mm. and what are i guess the the positive and negatives to our position in mm-hmm. society at, in the present day yeah, so I think the pros and cons, should I go into the pros and cons first, or uh, let's go into the pros and cons first. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I think the pros are, you know what, I think that we've come a long way as a community, aka I think there's more acceptance for uh, for us um, in comparison to maybe our parents' generation. Um, I definitely think that there is more awareness Um around the contribution that black people have given to society mm-hmm. now in comparison to back in the day. I think that we are, um, especially in like a Black History Month, I think we're celebrated, but it's, in an ideal world, we wouldn't even need to have Black History Month because black history is just history, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I, there was a quote, and I think I posted it on our Instagram uh, account, that black history is, every, is everyone's history. It is. Um, and it is. So, I think that those, I think we are, um, and I hate using this word woke, mm. but you know, this, I think we're more, um, aware of, you know, the, the biases that might be at play, the microaggressions that might be at play for us. Whereas in, I think back in the day, I don't necessarily think it was, uh, that prominent. Mm. So I think there's a pro from a perspective of, I definitely think that this generation, our generation, and then obviously like the younger generation, I think they're definitely, they're we're more clued up um, 
around kind of like social issues mm. in comparison, I would say, to uh, previous generations. So that will be some of the pros. The cons, I still think there's a lot of um, work that we need to do inside of our community. Um, I think I already had said this in the last episode. I do feel that the Asian community and even the Jewish community, they, they're together. Mm. Um, whereas, and I feel that sometimes we uh, are not. I think we, I think sometimes we can take advantage of one another. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a con. Um, I feel uh, cons is, again, there is still institutional racism. Yeah. I don't think that we can get away with it, although the government wants to say that there is not. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think it's, it's, as we, it's not overt in comparison to our parents' generation, but not being funny. I'd rather for someone to be overtly racist, you know, than like, yeah. slightly, because you don't even know it happens, yeah. right? And then that's a massive mindfuck because then when you realise that it happens, you're just like, oh, bloody hell, it's two years later, you can't really do anything about it. I know, it. it's too late. It's so <laughs> it's true. It's so true. It's too late. So I think, and there's other like kind of like pros and cons, but I think I'm running out of cons at the moment. What about you? Oh, okay. So I totally agree with your list. I think it's very thorough, actually. Um, the pros, I think that we are a little bit more vocal about wanting to be celebrated, which is good. Mm-hmm. I think we're a little bit more um, shouting out a little bit more about what we do. Yeah. Um, you know, there is, I'm going to say there is representation. If you look on adverts, um, I'm going to say something controversial here, but a little bit too much because every single advert has a black person in it. And sometimes the black person is not relevant to the advert. Um, that sounds very controversial. But it's true. Like, I think there needs product to be... Product placement. Yeah, product placement. Exactly. That's yeah, exactly product it. Product placement. We mm-hmm. have become product placement, and it makes mm-hmm. no sense. I'd rather have an advert that's meaningful that we're in than just to put a black person in for the sake of it. Because mm-hmm. that is why you get, like, you know, I don't want to say racist, but maybe just general in, in English people are like, it's there's too many black people on the team. Like, you're already represented, and they're not understanding that actually it's the quality of the representation not the mm. amount of representation. And yeah. I think that needs to change a little bit. That's kind of veered into a con. Um, I think now as communities, we're a little bit more, um, I know we're definitely not, we're not very good at celebrating, not celebrating, we're not very good at investing in our own businesses and our own communities. I definitely think that's a con. Yeah. However, I think there's been a shift with younger people, the kind of divisiveness between what kind of, black you are seems to have reduced like whether you're African Caribbean there seems to be a little bit more wholeness with younger Mm. people in terms of blackness blackness Mm. is a little bit more celebrated uh, as a group as it was before Mm. it was like you're from here you're from here which was obviously stupid um Mm. so that's really good as well um in terms of our, our position in society I don't really think it's moved that much but I know we are trying to co-op spaces, but I, like you said, the institutional racism is so strong that I don't know how it's going to happen. Like, unless there mm-hmm. is, like, new leadership in place in this country, because we're veering more and more to the right, and I don't really think people understand. I'm not trying to go too political, but I don't think people truly understand that it's not just about having a certain government in power. It's about the, the the laws and things they put into place that actually move us more into a fascist state, which you don't even understand. You might be thinking, okay, why are people protesting about um, COVID? I'm going off the needle here. But if people protest about COVID, right? Why? They, which is just stupid. Why are you? Pro- well, we've got freedom. Mm. But it's not about COVID. It's about the laws that can be put in place to stop us from doing certain things. And they're using COVID as an excuse to put things in Mm. place. And those laws disproportionately will affect 
black communities. That's what people need to understand. Mm. So I think that unless things change at the top, I'm not sure how our position can can move mm. actually. Um, mm. Which is a bit sad. But I, I kind of hope for like our children's generation. You kind of always have mm. hope, don't you? Things will be different. Um, mm. But I'm not sure how that looks in the future. Yeah, I mean, do you feel, I mean, do you not feel that there's more conversation mm-hmm. in terms of when we're looking at like position, do you not feel that there's more conversation now than there ever has been? About when? About, about, yeah, about our experience, about our yeah. community. There's more conversations with our community. Like, do you think that as a community, our position, what I'm trying to say is, that do you think the position has, our position has changed mm-hmm based on the conversations that have been happening that have happened or do you think that you know what irrespective of the conversations happening we're still in the same place that's a hard one to answer I think within our community internally I think Mm. the conversations are happening but there's still like a divisiveness still on going on because it's because basically blackness in my opinion, is repackaged and sold back to us what it means to be black. So you have, for example, you've had that whole conversation on Twitter about, you know, would you take a million dollars or would you have a conversation with Jay-Z? Which is, mm. I mean, I take the money. I'm not, and, and people are like, no, you need to sit down with Jay-Z because you need to learn from him. No, I take the money. And then, then I can talk to Jay-Z afterwards because I feel yeah. like the, 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 it's the wealth of knowledge that we have is sometimes it's not equally shared and a lot of Mm. I can't even explain what I'm trying to say I feel like the position within our groups we are getting confused about about what the position of success looks like and Mm -hmm. that kind of when I you know I mentioned about the rich auntie thing about being having money or telling people that you know poor people spend like a thousand pounds on like this that and other and rich people only spend twenty dollars on a t-shirt well that's not true Rich people will not mm. spend $20 on a t-shirt. They will spend $200 on a t-shirt, but it looks like it costs $20. But shaming mm. poorer black people for wanting nice things, but not understanding that actually mm. we are we are also, um, we're also products of consumerism. Like we want to buy stuff, we want to have nice things too. So oh, 100%. do you know what I mean? So I feel like outside of our community, I don't actually think there's much difference if I'm very honest with you. And I think that like, what then happens is internally as a community we are pitting social groups against each other and pitting class groups against each other yeah inside our community not understanding Mm. that it doesn't matter what class you are if you're black because outside of our community you're still black so a black middle class person will still face racism Mm-hmm. No, you, how many times have you heard of like the M? Is it Dawn Butler who got stopped by a police? Uh, was in the police car yeah. and got stopped. She's an MP. Yeah. Look how the the vitriol Diana Abbott receives on Twitter on a daily basis. Yeah, no, very true. Meghan Markle. It makes. I do know. You know. Royal. Royal. Yeah. Who's not even yeah. fully black. So. Yeah. I I think I need black people to understand uh, we as a community collectively that no matter what. You're still black. So once mm. it to a racist, it don't matter. The racist is gonna racist. So what we need to do is invest in ourselves properly and not say someone shouldn't be doing this and someone shouldn't be doing that. And this is like no, because it doesn't matter outside of our group, no one cares. Mm. So position wise, in this country, 
I don't think we've moved up because when you go to America, there's black middle class communities. There are black um, universities, like really acclaimed universities, like Howard University. Yeah. You know, they are Howard. Yeah, Howard's black university. Howard University, which is um, acclaimed. You know, you know, black people want to go there. It's, it's the dream. In Africa, in the Caribbean, there'll be universities people go to. There'll be MPs. There'll be doctors, etc. Yeah, there's mobility. In the United Kingdom, how many black actors leave? How many of them have left to go and get careers in America? How many of them have so many? John Boyega, Idris Elba. I was about to say, I was to say all of them. All of them. Even Michaela <laughs> Cole. All of them. A homegrown. Yeah, Michaela I was about to Cole. say that. Yeah, I was going to say all, all of them. All of them. Yeah. Like they're all leaving. Why? And they're financially doing better than you know me or you, and yet mm. still they can't. They're not seen as equal. Yeah, you know, don't look at the. I think when you put it like that, then then yeah, a hundred percent. I definitely. Yeah, I think I'm between. Two, I agree in terms of. Um, I agree with everything you said. I just feel that maybe we have moved on just a little bit more in terms of the conversations yeah. that we are having with each other. But again, to your point, actually, the position and we are deemed less than, mm-hmm. I think, essentially, not with not from everyone. Yeah. Um, but actually, you know what? I think the difference in comparison to back in the day with my mum's generation as it was quite, as I said, explicit, mm-hmm. like whereas in now it's explicit, it's quite explicit. Whereas in now, I think it's implicit and it's behind the screen, yeah. right? So the racism and all the trolling and stuff like that is done by Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's done by Instagram or social media. Whereas in, like, actually, back in the day, mm. it was just said verbally, right? So actually, even when I'm talking now, have we actually moved on? Maybe, Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe no. not. But I like to think, I like to have hope and, opt- sure. and be optimistic. I definitely think the conversations, it's nice that the conversations are continuing to be had, but it's just disappointing that it had to, the death of Joy Floyd has sparked these mm-hmm. conversations. So the rise of Black Lives Matter and obviously the conversations and organisations doing quite a lot um, in terms of like standing up for like racial justice Um and then even like, you know, loads of documentaries, almost like, you remember Leanne from, um, what's that face? From Little Mix. Yeah. Obviously she done her little show. Uh, there's been a lot of conversations, but it's just disappointing that it took the death of somebody else of these conversations to happen. Yeah. Um, I do feel that there's a lot more, a lot more. There's more that we need to do. For sure. In terms of action. Um because it's all well and good that we do these documentaries and stuff like that. And it's about sharing experiences and stuff. But I think it doesn't really mean anything if the system, if you feel sometimes that the system is against no. you. No. And also like in reference to the George Floyd stuff, do you not feel that the black community, even though it was for trauma, but for 2020, it was really amplified about like what black people were doing, black influencers yeah. getting jobs, you know, black Everything was black, right? This is why the whole mm. woke thing was, you know, propelled out of control. This year is Black History Month. I mean, it's like a damp squib. I couldn't tell you. I didn't, I forgot it's Black History Month because I've barely seen. Oh, wow. Any, not that yeah. I forgot, but as in, I yeah. know myself, but I've seen a few documentaries on the TV. Like, why yeah. is there no sort of like royal variety show with black artists come on and perform and do something? If you really are mm. saying that you want to celebrate our successes, it's all kind of like not really done properly as not to, you know, upset British television viewers, but you, you've said it's Black History Month. So I need to be seeing 
a lot more yeah. I think personally in terms of celebrating it we don't have mm. like we're probably not even allowed to have like imagine if we could have like a street festival celebrating Black History Month I know we have carnival yeah in the summer but that to me is celebrating like the Caribbean personally for me I don't see that it's like yeah you can't I don't think Africans can hijack it we enjoy it and that's so I know some Africans don't really agree with that but I this is my personal opinion. <laughs> no, but it's true. It's not our day. Relax. You know? Like, what do you mean? No, 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 no. What I'm trying to say is it's lovely yeah. to have an Afrobeat stand, etc. Oh, okay. But yeah. it's not ours. Like we we it's it's the Caribbean. Caribbean. And that we yeah, are obviously it's... we are cousins across the, the, the sea. Yeah, a hundred percent. But it's not our yeah. day. So actually, like yeah, you know, it would be nice to have some sort of celebration that happens yeah. during Black History Month for the African and Caribbean communities to come together and Agreed. do a little celebration. It was a little concert, something. There's just nothing. Yeah, that would be lovely. You know, let me yeah. write to Sadiq Khan. Let me let me give myself a job. <laughs> Sadiq, I'm coming for you, babes. I'm gonna help you so you can be voted in mayor again because you're not doing again. Too well no, he moment. just yeah, he's never doing well, is he? He's ne- he's never did listen. He's been in that. This is his second term. It's aged him horribly. <laughs> That's true. No, I love him. God loves Sadiq, but he looks awful. He looks really tired. Tired. Really tired. Um. Yeah. But no, I agree in terms of the celebration for um you know Black History Month. And yeah, you know what? I don't necessarily think there wasn't uh, there hasn't been a lot of media attention. No. I agree. I think obviously you've got bits on Sky. I think Channel Four's on a few bits. Obviously, um, Good Morning Britain. Yeah. Uh, they've got like the celebrating Black History icons and stuff. But yeah, you're right. It'd be really nice to have like a you said a royal variety show, right? Yeah, that would be come awesome. On, come back and, and I see think the actually... empire that you colonized. Come sit exactly. down and see what your your, your colonized it's grandkids true. have done because. Sit down, yeah. operations, baby. Come and watch. Yeah, done. I mean, it'll be really nice as well for them to wheel out the diversities are <laughs> that they that they recruited because they're supposed to recruit some diversities are in winter. Where, are they? Where is this person? Has anyone seen this person? Let me be quiet. Okay. So yeah, you know, on that point, then maybe you know what we haven't necessarily moved. Yeah, but we're doing on. things. But I think when maybe you know what I think we're in motion. Yeah, we're in motion when things are moving. Things are moving. For sure. Um, okay, so influence in British culture. What do we do? What are we doing? And, um, you know, I think it's quite apt because when this comes mm. out at the time of year, it is, you would have seen the video from Jessie Nelson. She needs a bad, bad boy. Um, what she needs is a scrub so we can scrub that tan off so you can go back to your original colour. What we need to do wow. is stop using Jerry Curl activator in our hair or crochet wig, whatever it is that she's got going on. And no, she needs to be called out. And I'm really glad that some big white media outlets have said, no, Jesse, we're not supporting this because it's not cool. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'll come back to that in a minute. Okay. What do you think? <laughs> what? <laughs> Ooh, what influence do you think like we've had um on British mm. society as a whole? Oh, I think yeah, I think the food taste, the food spice, <laughs> I think fashion. Yeah. Um massive uh, inspiration in fashion. Mm. Um I think uh, uh arts, crop music. Mm. Um, huge, um, uh, like in every way, shape, or form, 
in every way, shape, yeah. or form. I think, yeah, with it, you know, I think with with I, I, there's so many I can't even get into. It's it. a lot, isn't it? There's so many I can't even get into it, and I think that's the thing as well that you know we have influenced how British society operates um, from a long time ago, and we can still continue to mm-hmm. do so. And I think that's what's the, probably the most painfulest thing as well is that actually we're still at a disadvantage, yeah. um, and where there there are still the not the not the um, not the many, mm-hmm. the few people who will who will. Um, uh, say that racial slurs etc to the three little lions when it was the euros mm. um so that's a little bit disappointing but we have massive influence it's just the, the list is too long to go into true. i'm not too sure if there's one kind of like area that we've influenced british society more in comparison to the other because mm. i think it's equal across the board yeah i mean i'd say in london language is definitely highly influenced by i think the especially the caribbean community that came during windrush like a lot of the slang mm-hmm. we use in day to day yeah even just like you know you hear a lot of white young people use the same kind of slang and they i don't know if they really yeah. understand where it comes from like yeah. you know it's language in london is massively influenced because obviously you've got the cockney the cockneys from um cockney bells bow bells you know what i mean yeah. pan yeah. lemons whatever they say yeah um you got them <laughs> They're hard to find, you know. Come back, Cockneys. Where are you? You know what I mean? We can't really locate them no more. Hackney and them ends there are quite gentrified. Um, so obviously we've got, had the Cockneys. We had the, uh, yeah. you know, their, their, their dialect. And then I think, like, definitely there's a massive... And even now, like, because, you know, Afrobeats is so popular... Mm-hmm. like you know people have started like slipping in you know the little accent intonation are you not embarrassed you know people are saying all of that excuse me know, yeah, you're not embarrassed i'm like i've seen like <laughs> Sorry. even I, I even sound silly when i say it but you know it's like quite because you've got influencers for example like nella rose who really popular across young mm. black and white um young people and she's congolese so she obviously brings mm. a lot of her culture into what she's doing so that's influencing language again because she's mm. so popular um so even like our hairstyles our dishes you know mm-hmm. jerk rice you can even buy jollof i was just thinking about that ready made jollof i've tasted the ready made jollof in a bind um, it's not made in the UK though. I think it's like where do you get ready made jollof from? Yeah, I've never seen that in my life. I think my husband thought it was being sweet, but it wasn't the worst. It had the smoky taste, but there's nothing like homemade jollof. Oh, I've God, had no. it. I've had yeah. it in a bind. Like it wasn't that bad. I don't mind a microwave rice. Yeah. Right now and again, sometimes you just like, just get a plain rice. Da, 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 yeah. all that. But I would not be going out to be buy, buying rice and peas in a no. packet or jollof rice. Like you know, the good, good home cooked food rice. Compares. You can't do that. No. Do you? Could you imagine? A mum, I'm just going to go put to a shot. What do you want? Could you pick up some microwave <laughs> riceable, some microwaveable rice and peas? What? <laughs> she would look at me. She would be like, ew. No, no, but <laughs> then, but you? you can get that. Now. I saw it in um. Morrison's the other day is it Port Royal that brand that has like patties and stuff they now have like yeah, jerk chicken I think so. yeah they have like jerk chicken that you can bake and put in the oven so it's already pre-cooked they have rice and peas and they also have curry goat curry mutton as well like you can just put it in but you know I don't understand why people why are people gonna just already so they're gonna buy already seasoned meat it's already it's pre-cooked it's cooked so you're just warming it through again 
that I just think that's as yeah. lazy as fuck, bruv. Do you know what I mean? Like, not being funny, you could just go and get, I know we're going off topic, but you can just go and get one piece of chicken, yeah. two little chicken legs, and go and get a Dunn's River jerk sauce and literally just mix it up. Easy. Even if you don't even want to season it yourself, that's it. All you need to do, let it marinate for a few hours yeah. in the fridge and just lick it in the oven. One do you time. know what? That Who even brings up to that? my other point about, um, I guess we're veering into a bit into preparation, but the food stuff, right? Because I only found out a couple of years ago that the tropical sun stuff that you see is not black owned it is owned mm. by a family in leicester i believe um and there's tropical sun and africa sun anything with the sun that you see on it mm. is basically not black owned at all mm-hmm. it's probably like an asian version of that too but it's not black owned so obviously if you go into a lot of these food shops even some of the black owned ones, they have a lot of this tropical sun brand sitting in their in their shop. So you buy like their mm. um, curry seasoning, whatever. So I've made it a mission to make sure that I only buy black owned. So that will be my Grace, yeah. um, Dunn's River. Um, I mean, anything made in Ghana, of course. We just go to the Ghana shop. Maggie's. Maggie! We're going by a Maggie. Is Maggie even black owned? I'm not even sure, you know. Um, but yeah. Oh, I hope so. That would be so sure disappointing it if it's not. I'm not sure. But anyway. It would be so disappointing if Do you know what not. I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not saying I don't want to, but I think if you're going to be representing yourself as a black brand, because that's what they've been doing. If you go on the website, you can't even find the origins. No one can tell you. They've mm. said they've worked with, you know, Caribbeans and people in the Caribbean to mm. develop this, but this you, you're not showing me your face, which is not yeah. not black. Um, yeah, I think there's another one called the Black Butcher, which is okay. based in. I mean, I, there's one in Croydon. I'm I think it's black owned, but I'm not sure. I can't find the answer to this. But basically, there is pre-seasoned jerk chicken, which I didn't love, but you can also get um, stew chicken curry go it's all pre it's not cooked it's pre-seasoned so you take it home mm. and you jazz up and cook it yourself but then mm. i've heard rumors that it's not black owned that it's owned by asians but you call yourself the black butcher so it's very confusing mm. Mm. there's a bit of an appropriation thing going on here which brings me ni- nicely to my point about jesse nelson because i probably would have okay, snatched down a separate video but you know what let me just do an episode so it's permanent on the podcast airwaves. I don't understand how you get up in the morning and you look at yourself and you think, today, who am I going to cosplay as? Am I going to be Latina? Am I going to be Asian? Am I going to be Arab? Am I going to be black? I don't know how you get up in the morning and you do that, okay? Black women get berated so much about bleaching their skin or wearing Mm. a blonde weave or um, getting their nose done. We're even getting fillers now, right? We this is we get berated for this that we're trying to be white. However, being a white woman is the standard of beauty in the world, basically. Like 100%. if you're a dark skinned black woman, you're just trying to assimilate. You've been told your features are ugly, your nose is too big, your lips are this, that, and the other, your mm-hmm. hair's too nappy. So you know what? Mm-hmm. We are coming from a disadvantage. It doesn't mean that it's right, it doesn't mean I'm justifying what people do, but I have total empathy in black women especially but no black men do it but especially who do those things i understand mm. some of your favorite celebrities have had a little nip tuck here um i yeah. love kelly Rowland, but that's not her original nose so Mm-mm. do you know what i mean because she's had to assimilate and she's a beautiful woman beautiful before beautiful afterwards but that's what she's had to do so jesse nelson from your place of privilege even you want to do a big big documentary to say that people are bullying you and doing all this nonsense but the thing is the black fishing claims have Listen, I don't even listen to Little Mix, right? But I knew of the rumour. I was talking to my sister about this. I was talking to other people about yeah. this. But 
there was a rumor floating around that this girl had an Indian mum. Where did that come from? What? That she had an Indian mother. <laughs> so I, all this time, I thought there was three mixed members in Little Mix. No way. No, she's like, she's she's for white. white. And I'm bringing her up now. Yeah, there we go. And so you've decided to not only make yourself look racially ambiguous, but you've also decided to have, use use a pop culture reference to um, Bad Boy for Life, which is about a black man moving into a white yeah. urban neighborhood and, you know, mixing it up. You're a white woman moving into a white area, bringing your bad black boyfriends. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Sort it out. We do. Sort it out. We don't yeah. have that privilege. And as a society, I think, like, when I say about our position, like, she will be, I mean, I think she was number four in the charts as of yesterday, before our Queen Adele re- returned. But, you know. Okay. But this is another example of she will get away with it. And we have loads of really talented black artists in society who do not get the same mm. position in. And then you have mm. someone like Nicki Minaj co-signing. <sighs> That yeah, it's it's disappointing. I think Nikki could have come a little bit better, and she could have been like, "Over, you know what? Don't say anything at all." Then, like, if you want to do the video, but I'm surprised that Nikki felt she was okay and comfortable to be shooting yeah. with her like that. Like when Nikki's really ready. I mean, her and obviously Cardi B don't see eye to eye. Like they video recorded motorsport mm-hmm. separately. And I'm just like, surely she would have been able to see like the aesthetic or basically the storyline or storyboard of the of the um of the video. So I'm surprised that. She, well, I don't really know, innit? Nikki might have to come out and say that and she's not okay about this. But it was nice that obviously she was like, she was co-signing and she obviously slammed like Leanne. Because mm-hmm. um, I think, well, I heard that everyone's like, everyone decided to just, uh, what do you call it, not follow her anymore. <sighs> and I was like, okay, cool. That's okay. But I just don't know. But you know what? I think Jesse, unfortunately, I don't think Jesse has. Um, uh, the right guidance behind her and the right mm-hmm. team behind her. Because I think that if she did, then I think that she would... I don't think that she would have made, you know, that decision to, you know... Blackfish. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Blackfish. Like, And I just feel that... But, you know, she's a bit troubled, though, isn't it? She is. I'm so sorry. Think... You know, she is. She's always had an issue with what she looks like. She's always been... And to be fair, they trolled her bad when she was in Little Mix, right? She didn't have no lips. They told her and said that she was... She didn't have no lips. She didn't have no lips. Straight up. She had no <laughs> lips. She... The, everyone trolled her, told her to say that she's the fat and ugly one of mm-hmm. obviously the group. So, and in comparison to the other guy, I think she's be. I think she was lovely. She was I mean, absolutely she's a sunny fine. Girl. There's nothing wrong with her. Absolutely, girl, nothing wrong. But I can appreciate obviously she's the bigger one out of the group, so she's comparing herself. So she's always gone, always had issues with like what she looks like and her identity. And I just think that potentially she's just taking it too far. Her team should have been able to be like, yeah, this is not okay. Yeah, and to- I'm surprised that her. I'm surprised that they. Because this was an opportunity for her to come up to her solo career after she said that she didn't want to be in the spotlight anymore because she was suffering mental health. But these okay. times that you wind up your way with Nicki Minaj and, and in Bad yeah. Boys, sit down, girl, bye. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> so I do feel that, yeah, like, mm, poor tea. Yeah, but I guess we'll call that black excellence. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, this moves on to <laughs> us on to the black excellence point. Um, you know, because 
it's mediocrity that is celebrated and you know with black excellence we talk about that and you know what does that mm. even mean because sometimes when I think of black excellence like when I think of the point it's to do with like a certain aesthetic it's like wealth and money mm. and not necessarily though actually no I think about people who celebrate in like education and like tech field I see that as black excellence myself um for 100%. sure I think when you're smashing ceilings to me that's like ex- black excellence um yeah. you know so I just I wonder like what does that mean to you what does that even look like black excellence yeah you know what I think we do need to redefine the whole term mm-hmm. actually because I agree with you in terms of black excellence as soon as you see it it's almost like wealth riches uh fame whereas then I think black excellence is you know what yeah to your point like pushing through uh, glass ceilings concrete ceilings making space for other people um around you I think for me it's more around supporting um the community um and really kind of like supporting drive awareness mm. in like in the UK around what our experience is through platform or through positions etc I think that it is um as I said it's definitely around supporting like each other so aka businesses um and even if it's almost like the it's for me I think it's the psychological development of individuals and the emotional development of individuals as well because you know what as I said on previous episodes being black is traumatic Mm. it is um so you know, it is, and I think we mentioned around, um, I think I was mentioning this in uh, Our Minds Matter, I think part one, mm. um, so the one we were talking about mental health, and I think we were having a discussion around, you know, as a dark-skinned child or a black child, you know that it's going to be difficult for them mm. when they grow up. So actually, what are we doing to almost set precedent and assigning the right interventions at the right time to support them, feel that they are not less than their white peers and equally giving them more, um, uh, not more opportunity, more access to opportunities that they potentially will not have access Mm -hmm. to when they grow up. So for me, I think it's amalgamation of everything. I think it's a little bit of like society. It's a little bit, it's a little bit of politics. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of, you know, this, yeah. It's a bit of of everything, everything, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of everything. I don't necessarily think that, you know, I, I mean, I could have ten pound in my bank account, but I feel that I could still support my community mm. or support an individual. Yeah. Um, so I think black excellence for me is kind of like everything, but I do feel it does need to be redefined. Yeah. Um, a little bit. What about you? What does it mean to you? Well, yeah, the reason I said the wealth thing because I always feel like Beyonce and Jay Z are sort of like pinnacle, <laughs> pinnacle. There's like black excellence in our community. You know, they're very, very wealthy. They're a very wealthy couple. Like, we're not going mm. to be touching the coattails of Beyonce and Jay-Z for some time. So I feel like sometimes that's put up there and people are aspiring to, like, being wealthy or aspiring to have, like, assets that you can't even afford, really. Like, I think it's really important to think about what we are passing down, like, in terms of, like, knowledge, even just financial security for our children, mm. Um, because like as millennials we've been fucked over so many times like in terms of having that security that maybe our parents even maybe even our grandparents had um, yeah that we don't have at the moment and I think sometimes there's this kind of when the shift especially when I look on the sort of social media focus about having things like okay you should move out like this kind of like the shame of living at home with your parents 
but actually, can you afford two grand a month in rent? Mm. That to me makes no sense at all. Like, you know, we've got very young people feeling pressurized to move out to go and rent. Like, you know, you look at these influencers, they're renting flats in like the Docklands or whatever. I'm sure it's about two grand a month easily. And then mm. you still show me that you bought Balenciaga wallet, you've got like a Gucci bag, you're paying like you're tagging, tagging your hairstylist, and I'm and I'm looking. And her wigs are costing minimum four fifty five hundred pounds alone. You're getting your mm. lashes put in. You're getting all this stuff put in. And to a young, you know, I'm going to use a girl as example, but as for a young black girl, yeah, how are they going to reach that? Like, if they don't have that, they're going to think I'm not doing well because the focus is on materialism mm. and not necessarily about what you're giving back to your community. And I think, like, we, yeah, we have to redefine that because it's an impact on our children. Like it's the impact mm. on what they are going to feel that they should be achieving because like, mm. you know, all this stuff in the news, when you hear about shortages in certain sectors, it's not a shock to me because like back when I used to teach, they never used to promote certain things. Like it's always yeah. like, okay, yeah. Okay, fine. Get your maths, your English, which is important. And only the kids with the highest grades are going to be supported. But there's a lot of people who can do other jobs that are needed. There are a lot of people who can be labourers, they can be plumbers, they can be electricians. Um, mm. You need those people. Like, And yet those are not glamorised. So a lot of people feel like they're not going to go for that. And if they're not going for that and they don't have the education, sometimes in our community, what happens is, especially for young black boys, I want money and you're in the gang. Because mm. I want quick I can't do it the hard way because the system's already yeah. told me I'm not good enough. So it's either going to be, I'm going to join a gang um, and make money that way. Or I feel a lot of young black boys get pushed into sports. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot get pushed into yeah. football and hoping to get like spotted by like, mm. I remember I used to like teach like, you know, year 10, year 11 boys. And I'm like, I'm getting told by your, um, your teachers that you're not doing your work and this is in my form group you know you're not doing your work like what's going on with that yeah but miss i got football like a scout's coming on the weekend so i need i need to be training at lunchtime mm. and be training after school but the scout is going to pick only one out of how many of yeah. you and then at the same time the parents are pinning their hopes on having the next sacker you know yeah. what i mean yeah campaign sacker Start from a child. Yeah. So you're pinning your hopes on your child being a rich footballer. There's only going to be so many Rashfords. There's only going to be so many Sackers. There's only going to be so many... What's the other one that's was Sterling's, that's it. Mm-hmm. There's only going to be so many of them, like, cherry-picked to become big-name big footballers. So, actually, we need to look at, as a community, like, why are, we, why are we following the stereotypes that they're giving us? It's like when you think about the Asian community, they all push to be doctors. Mm. Yeah all the time they're not they it's like they're not allowed i'm not saying not allowed things may have moved now from my experience teaching a lot of the girls were going to be pharmacists doctors pharmacists doctors maybe accountants i knew one girl who wanted to be a vet and nope (laughs) nope (laughs) how much is it they're just no no vets make they make bank like yeah if i don't want to be a vet i'm absolutely happy with that that's yeah money so, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, it sounds like I'm being negative because it doesn't mean that we don't have black excellence and we don't celebrate good things when we see it. But at the same time, I think we the focus needs to be on what that actually really means. 
for me. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. And I think you are right. Like, I think we underestimate. We all know that social media can impact everybody. It impacts us. It impacts obviously the next generation as well. So, for sure, if you are an impressionable uh, black child, black boy, black whatever, um, you know, and you see all of this, like to your point, like the newest Balenciaga trainers, mm. this and that, going to Dubai, blah blah blah, mm. you feel that actually you need to do those things because that is what excellence looks like. But these times, there, all of them influencers who are flying the the black flag uh go and i use that in quotations you're going to dubai you're posting your black square um but really what are you doing mm. around actually to help the community and again like i really don't want this to come across like super preachy because i'm <laughs> i'm very aware that you know this is quite a deep topic the yeah. whole season's quite deep but i do feel that you know what we need to do there's a lot more there's more that we can do to support as i said um our community so for example we were having i've made a pact that i'm not gonna buy a black book from a black author from a shop that's not black owned mm. so quite similar to it so for example the round that I've, I've i've looked online and i've only seen probably about four black owned bookshops mm. in the whole of London and there needs to be more of that so normally I go to the round table book um, bookshop in Brixton mm -hmm. the new beacon bookshop which is in Frinsby Park nice. um, and I was going to buy a book yesterday actually called Hood Feminism um, Hood Feminism if any of our um, wigs and snapchats uh, are listening to this Hood Feminism is a really good book and it's by Mickey oh god what can I never remember her name <laughs> Mickey Kendall okay Basically, it's a book that uh, every single female should read it because it looks at actually the black female experience mm -hmm. and how the, almost like your experience has been like disregarded. So anyway, I was if you're looking to another book to read, Hood Feminism by Mickey Ken Kendall, that would be great. Um, I was going to buy it yesterday, but the shop that I reset the shop and I was like, the shop's white owned. So I couldn't, uh, I was in Portobello Road in it. So I was just like, yeah. I can't do that. But yeah, I think just doing little things like that can really support um, us elevate as a community mm -hmm. um, uh, as well as um, education, ed educates ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. So there's little things that we can obviously do, but yeah, I definitely think that, you know, redefining yeah, what black excellence actually is. means and what it looks like and what it feels like as yeah. well is massively important because yeah, you're right, like, not being funny, but the Balenciaga trainers, they're fleeting. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They're fleeting. Go and buy the Primark version, my dear. It's not even, if you can't afford it, it's okay. Just stitch a B on. People. Um, you know, I was actually going to ask one last quick kind of question because, mm. <laughs> you know, the coughs be coughing. Um, you know, so I was going to ask you about what you think mm. about, kind of a bit off topic, topic, but just thinking about what you said. So, you know, for example, on Good Morning Britain or like London Tonight or, you know, mm -hmm. we when black topics come up, right? So I'm trying to think of um, the most recent one where they were trying to get black spokespeople. Oh, God, my brain is going blank. Okay, no, let's say this Jesse Nelson thing. We're going back to this again, right? So obviously mm -hmm. it's a hot topic. What yeah. do you feel about news outlets using black voices to come up on these shows to voice their opinion like, do you feel like they're throwing us in lines then? Like, I had an inquiry in my inbox from Sky, actually, last year when I was doing my travel stuff. People like, no, I did events. But, yeah, so I had an inquiry from Sky, but, right, to see if I wanted to be on their list of people. That basically, if there's, like, topics mm. come up, they'll I'd phone in or I'd speak in to be a spokesperson. Right. And I just ignored it. Because I said, I don't want to throw myself to the wolves because mm. you are 
being asked to be the spokesperson for a certain issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we see it with Dr. Shola Moss. We see it with mm-hmm. um, Gina Yashere. You know, they're very mm-hmm. well-spoken, very eloquent. But the social mm-hmm. media vitriol that comes after mm-hmm. that. And also, if there's a misstep in what they say. Like, I'm trying to think of when Dizzy mm-hmm. Rascal did it a couple of years ago. And, or Wiley, the Wiley interview, which was just Hot Mess mm-hmm. Express. So, I, some of what he was saying... I'm not going to lie. Some of it was like, okay, I get where he's coming from. But the the, the execution was making him look a little bit nuts, basically. And mm, it, yeah. Yeah, it was not coming out correct. But we, he was thrown to the walls. So what yeah. do you feel about news outlets kind of calling on our community to have spokespeople to come out and speak on our behalf about stuff and how they handle that and how we, as, you know, if, you know, if me and you ever got asked or whatever, but how would you as someone who's a black influencer how would you handle mm. that if they they called you to come and speak on some diversity say it's like gun crime there's been another mm. shooting and they've asked you mm. you were, to come on mm. itv you know london tonight to mm. speak up against i don't know let's say piers morgan and mm. he's got his opinion and you're like how do we as a black community handle that because i've seen some influencers say they're not going to do it no more they just ignore when it comes in the inbox because you know, mm. they know what's coming I think it's, I, I do feel that, um, a, if I was put in that situation where I had to stand up and talk about gun crime, I'll politely decline mm. because I have no experience. Yeah. Right. I haven't experienced, I haven't lost a loved one. I haven't lost my life to gun crime, et cetera, et cetera. I don't really know the stats. Mm. So I would be very aware that I just need to know my place. Yeah. And actually, if I can't necessarily add to the conversation from an objective, yeah, maybe I can add to the conversation objectively. But actually, when it comes to gun crime, I'm actually making things stop. Yes, we need to have a little bit of subjectivity, emotion, feeling, connection with something mm. in comparison to just thinking about it, just talking about it from a statistical perspective. So I wouldn't necessarily go and chat. Um, I do think it's dangerous where the the news outlets actually ask for influencers come and speak on um, issues just because I think where they've got such a big following and where where, uh, where they've got such a big following and they are influencers, people who watch them on social will take what they say for gospel and that is the view for all black people. Yeah. When actually it's not. Yeah. It's actually just that individual. So I think they do need to be very careful. And even if they're doing the interviews or the, if even if the influencers are, are being interviewed, I think it's their responsibility to say, look, this is my view, but this is not the view of my people. Yeah. Because I am just one mm-hmm. facet. So if you really want to find out what the view is, etc., I suggest that you actually go and do some research, mm-hmm. send out some survey, ask some questions to quite a large popular to to talk to the population um because yeah it can come across as though yes because Latoya said it and Latoya's got over 1.2 million followers mm-hmm. absolutely that's the feeling across or the board or obviously the feeling of everybody yeah. but I, as I said I do think that influence needs to be a little bit more savvy in terms of being really clear mm-hmm. and making the disclaimer at the beginning we're going to do this interview, but just to let you know, these are my opinions. It's not the opinions of 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 um of my people yeah. or of the community. Um, so I think that's how I would handle it. Oh, no, I agree. You know, what about you? One hundred percent. And I don't think we need to be having Sean Bailey. He's not. We don't. We don't. We don't, <laughs> we don't include him. Sean Bailey cracks me up, you know. I oh, love that he actually. No, he is something funny. else. He is no, he's so he's funny. Artist. He's literally no, I know, but you oh. know, he's just hilarious. He's just hilarious. It's just like yeah, Sean Bailey. You know, no, I think he would um either North Kensington or think, South yeah, Kensington. South Kensington council estate from Jamaica. I was just like, girl, bye. Stop. And, and the young people I work with. The young people I work with. 
Okay, the young people you work with, okay? It, it gives no, me so much joke. He irritates my spirit. It makes my spirit shake on the inside. I just can't stand him. And I think, you know, that when that whole voting thing, you know, London Mayor, I heard plenty of older black people voting, said they were voting for him because he's black. You're not mm. listening to what that, and this is another thing. Sometimes we just taken up for somebody because they're black, and that is what mm. the conservatives use. Yes, I'm going there. They have their black figureheads to do exactly that. So you will vote for them. So the Kemi Banadox of the world, you know, the the health minister. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> pretty, pretty cartel, yeah. you know, Punch. you know, crazy quartet, oh. all these people that they, you know, have hit as figureheads for the black and Asian community, just ignore because it's not for that. These are no, it's not, and we need to remember as well that the, again, when we were talking about product placement, yes, it's product placement. It's product placement. You've got Rishi Sajid. Sajid. Yeah, I think it's Sajid. Sajid. Pretty, right? The front benches, you know? They're front benches. You've got the other guy. um, What's his? Sean Bailey, the guy that we're talking about. The other guy that looked swarty. The one with the glasses. Quasi. It was a Swati Kwesi. Call him him Swati Casey. Yes. Swati Casey. That one. Him. That one, it's all product placement because the reality of it is that all their views and their values have been aligned to absolutely, you know, the white default and the white idealists. So it's like, you know what, I do feel agree with you that I think people need to just read a little bit more. Listen, I don't read to, I don't read enough. No, same. And I really do. I, I do not read enough. And I know it's quite easy because I was like, oh, look at Chris Bailey. I was like, oh, okay, little black mayor. Da, da, da. Then I had to really stop myself and be like, you yeah, come on now. Come on now. I mean, I did vote for, uh, what do you call it, Sadiq. I was like, I'll give Sadiq one more chance. One more, that's it. it. That's my last final. He's got one more that's chance. It. That's it. This is the last. This, this is it. Because you cannot sit, stay in that position and still be having the same dead-ass, dry-ass conversations. Honestly. I am so over it. I'm so over it. Housing. Yes, we know. Housing. Fix it. Housing, yes, is the problem. Fix it, please. Yeah. Fix it. Fix it. <laughs> Fix it. Oh. But I love the way that Sean was just like, we're going to open up like all the youth clubs, you know, to get like youth back off of the streets, etc. Minimise kind of like knife crime, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, babe, could you imagine, where are you getting this money right. from? Because we know that the government's going to increase our taxes right. to pay for the social right. care. So where were, where were you going with that right. pledge? <laughs> And who Stop. closed them all in the first place? We've been under your power for like 10 plus years. It's okay. He can yeah. see um, <laughs> So our final, final point. Um, so basically, which we haven't covered yet. BAME, mm-hmm. WOKE, all these acronyms. Yeah. And short, you know, short terms. Mm. Like, I think we talked about ages ago about WOKE being hijacked and being used mm-hmm. to describe like white leftists and white liberals, actually. That's what I think mm. is now starting to happen and snowflakes, as Piers Morgan likes to say, um, which has been hijacked and, and weaponized against the black community and also allies from other communities mm-hmm. that now they're just, you know, WOKE leftists, whatever. Um, can we reclaim back those words? I just think we just need to get rid of them. Mm, I agree. I, I I genuinely do. I think we need to get rid of it. I know I I know I mentioned woke earlier on, and I could, it's because I couldn't think of a word, to, another word to describe. But the whole 
aspect of work is just exhausting. It's just exhausting. It's like, it makes you feel like, okay, cool. You know, you need to be more woke or it just implies that you come, you get to a particular level and there's no other learning, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And that's just not, that's not right. So I think woke needs to go into the bin. I don't necessarily, I think, yeah, it has been, uh, I think it's been stolen. Mm -hmm. Because every single media news outlet, you've got uh, Pierce Morgan using it, etc. Just put it in the bin. Um, so yeah, that's how I feel about woke fame. Um, I am trying to make a conscious effort, although it's really hard mm. not to generalize um, uh, our our community, aka uh, minority ethnic mixed dual heritage, by using BAME. Yeah, because I just don't think that it does. Um, uh, the different cultures justice no, you know as we said I think we've said that the black female experience is very different to the black male experience would be very different to the South Asian mm-hmm. woman's experience so I think by us using BAME it's just a bit it's a bit lazy yeah. but then I do appreciate that you know what like it, no actually no it's just lazy I agree it is it's just lazy like I've started to use uh there's one called BIPOC oh yeah which is an American slang yeah, yeah. it's more American but I think the context is just very different for obviously Europe mm. um but yeah black indigenous people color, of color yeah. um uh, is that any better no mm. It's not because I just run for just call it what it is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? This event is for black people. Yes, yeah. Black History Month. This event is for South Asian people, Asian Heritage Month, whatever. This this just, just call it what it is. Just be specific. Yeah. But don't try to blanket us that we've all gone through the same struggle because these times there we have not. Mm. There are similarities, hundred mm-hmm. percent. There will be similarities, but actually the experience is very is very mm. different. And also I do find a lot so, of BAME issues are actually and that's my bias. Obviously, people can correct black me, issues. but they're black issues. They tend to be more affecting the black community. Exactly. And we tend to just, and I think, like you said correctly, like we, as different ethnic minority groups, we experience different struggles, even mm. if there's overlap. Um, and I do think it's quite lazy of organisations, for example, like they will, for example, which is not a terrible thing, but they'd have an Asian person head up BAME issues. So... And a lot of those issues are, as I said, pertaining to actually more to black, the black community. So you have an Mm. Asian figurehead for that. And, you know, just like I said about, we just said about product placement. A lot of companies Mm. are doing product placement when they put in these chief diversity officers. um, Oh, 100%. These people are like, oh, they come from a history of, um, they've done this at this company. Okay, so what changes did they make? I'm I'm confused here. Like there are very um, capable black um, and Asian people who can do those roles, mm. who actually care about what's happening within the the, the groups collectively, as opposed to somebody mm. who's from a private school who might be Asian, who has no links with any of this this stuff going on, mm. other than then they've had good social mobility to get to the position that they're able to get to. And look, all you little darkies below, you'll be able to do it too if you follow what I'm saying. With this, <laughs> isn't that what it is? I mean. <laughs> Let's call the spade a spade, yeah? Sometimes, yeah, like, no. <laughs> you little darkies I, below, you lot are not doing it. Pull your breeches up, you know? Get it together. If I can do yeah, it, you on. can do it too. You can, yeah. That's yeah. not how it works. But that's yeah, the no, kind of sure. people they employ who, who mm. to do these jobs. It is people who will now be an, a conservative way of thinking, who believe mm. that you're not doing enough as a community 
look at the groups of people why all the black boys get like sean bailey he's a classic mm. example of what i'm talking about because he's why are you saying knife crime knife crime knife crime every five minutes when are you going to talk about the fact that there's also people getting raped women are getting raped in london and yeah. kidnapped it's not all about knife crime that in itself is mm. is, a, is, a, is an issue in itself which often gets um maligned with black the black community but don't mm. let me go up to certain parts of north london with turkish mandem where yeah yeah there's crime albania yeah, no, sure. you want to talk about the, the the drugs in that community no, I'm being realistic. Yeah. This is coming from young people I've worked with that they've said yeah. that it's not always black people. Each community yeah. has its thing. But yeah. you can't just say that, you know, black kids are all stabbing each other up because that's not how it works. It's maybe yeah. we need to look at the fact that it's people in poorer communities who have no chance to move up and that's black, white and Asian will mm. turn to crime. Mm. That's why Sadiq again needs to pull his breeches up. Yeah, he needs to. Yeah, because he does 100%. Imagine, like, and I'm just going to be candid here. You know, we've seen the Nine Elms station that's been built, right? Um, yeah. In Wandsworth, like near Vauxhall. Yeah. I live not on the estate opposite, but I live five minutes walk from there. My family, I lived five minutes walk from there. That area has often been neglected. It was just a pass through. There was nothing there. Mm. Right. And when I go and visit my family in that area, all I can see is skyscrapers. It's as if I'm in Canary Wharf or I'm in like Liverpool street. It Mm. has lost it's, you, do you know how upsetting it is for a lot of black and ethnic minority groups who grew up in that area cannot afford to even buy? Oh, a hundred percent. And there's still crime going on. There's still drugs going on because these people still need to live. Mm-hmm. Like the few council tenants that are still hanging around there, they still need to. Like some of them still will have to turn to crime to get a living. Yeah, they're not working. Um, the unemployed. And but because you've got glossy new buildings and you've got the right type of you know clientele moving into the area, those left behind are lost. So mm. I'm just like. Yeah, I'm just tired of figureheads. I'm tired of it. Even yeah. Sadiq, I'm tired of him. Yeah, no, it's true. And I think I was... Having, yeah. What are you doing? I don't care if your dad was a bus driver. I actually don't care. Like, yeah, because it's, it's always a story. Right? Always saying that his dad is a bus driver. We get it. But like, you know what? You know what we're going to care more about? You actually make doing some action. That's what we that's what we care action, about. I need you to tell then, tell say it with your chest. If Boris is yeah, holding you back, and bow out. You know what? For me, if if it was me, I was mayor. I'm going down in flames, baby. If Boris is yeah, not letting me do stuff, I'm going to absolutely say, yeah, do you know why I can't? I'm going to hot him up. Yeah, hot because of up. X, Y, and Z. Hot yeah, hot him up. up. That's what I'm saying. Hot him up. But you're playing the political yes. kind of like table tennis as well. Like it's just too much. Like you are to your point. Yeah, figurehead again. A little bit of a product placement. I wanted to just um, say as well, like going back onto. Uh, like news outlets and you know how I feel uh, that this is how we're influenced or how society culture or the perception of us influence um, is massively again as we know through social media through uh, news outlets I think language as well so mm. I say that because sometimes when you um, you know when you listen to the news report and they'll be like oh this has happened to a guy like I'll be like oh you know um, young boys stabbed to death by three black teens Mm. or like for example god rest his soul the mp obviously oh, that was, was, was really yeah. sad obviously he was in his surgery um 
And the way the news anchor, what was his name? Sir David Ames. Sir David Ames, yeah, so he, he was stabbed. God bless, his, bless him. Um, but even the news outlet was just like a British Somali national. Mm-hmm. I'm like, could you stop saying shit like that? Because when you assign, like, I can't remember what, what, the, what the narrative or the language that was used when Joe Cox. Yes, yes, the MP. The Joe yeah, Cox yeah. The MP, mm-hmm. when she obviously awfully lost her yes. life. I don't think they were just like British white man. Yeah. I, I don't feel that they, I don't think they say that. So when they say things like that, when, and obviously that's a, quite a traumatic event that we're looking at, as soon as they're, oh my God, the man was stabbed up in his sleep or stabbed up in his constituent, in his surgery by a British Somalian. Yeah. So the last image you have is stabbing and Somalian. Yeah. So I think that the I think that yeah news outlets can For do sure. better. I don't think that they should even even use that language. They can just turn in and say British national. Yeah, but a man's be being released. and that's the it. Shouldn't it shouldn't even be released. released. Yeah, all. because with Joe, but Cox, they do it. They said uh, the guy was a neo-Nazi. Nazi in itself, you you would connect with Germany. Germany, you right? You would not put that with British. So they do it right. on purpose because they say neo-Nazi. Also yeah. influenced by like it's not our. Um, Terror. We're not breeding terrorism. It's a German thing yeah. that's coming over and breeding white terrorists. Yeah. And he had mental health issues. No. <laughs> so I think, yeah, they, could, they need to do, they need to stop doing that because sure. it really does start to, I think that this, uh, that causes more divide. Absolutely. Because now let's get ready for, when I, when I first, the first breaking news I saw, they said African descent. I thought, oh Lord, here we go. I thought, here mm-hmm. we go. I thought, please don't let him be black. Like, mm-hmm. don't let him be black. Then they said to mine, I thought, oh, God. For for, mm. for my Muslim brothers and sisters, I, you know what? I feel, I really feel for them because 100%. Now, now here we go. Here we go again. Yeah. Like, you know, let's lock up the borders. Let's do all of that. Yeah. That's what's going to happen now. And Pretty Patel can now shove in her little home office laws. Yeah. Know, which are very... You know, we are privileged because we're here. Our parents got here. We've lived here. We've managed to get through mm. the system, get to work, etc. But, you know, I need people to understand, especially if you've ever had to directly work with people who are children of or um, parents or single men who've come over. And you're thinking, why do they not stop in France or whatever? Okay, they've got here now for whatever reason, because maybe they've got a family member here who said get here, whatever. Mm. But I recall working with girls who were refugees, like their parents were basically asylum seeking refugees. They're living on five pounds a week per person. Mm. Can you, can you, as a big person, could you live on five pounds a week? Mm. No. You, what can you buy? Literally. I mean, it might have even increased since then. Like yeah. when I went to Malta on holiday, I, because Malta obviously it's near, um, I think it's not too far from like North Africa anyway, in terms of like, where it is on the map so when people go on the dinghies they end up hitting malta when they're trying to get to italy yeah. they're trying to get to mainland if you want to see the shipping containers my um, i was shocked because i've never seen it i know they're all like dover and yeah. all these things that they kind of keep them in these horrible but it's like they're animals yeah and i saw a, a woman like in a hijab she looks somali in a hijab carrying her baby you're living in something the size of my bathroom mm. with a baby so it's the language that they're using, the divisiveness, and I know a lot of people know it, and lo- I know a lot of white people know it as well. Like that divisive mm-hmm. language. If I can do it, listen. If you can do it, yeah, with no internet, with no, you get up <laughs> and you yeah. go and do the fucking job. If you, 
yeah, everyone's gone home now. So the jobs yeah. are available. Off you pop. Yeah. That's how I see yeah. it. Like, you know, I, I can't understand why people let media influence them so much and not think outside of that. And that's why mm. for us as a community, uh, it is horrible to think that we have to represent for our race. But unfortunately, until that media mm-hmm. language changes, we're going to have to be the representatives. When you step out your mm-hmm. house, you're the res- representative. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a bit shit. But, um, yeah. yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I think we're coming to the end of uh, Snatch of the episode. Um, we hope that you really enjoyed us obviously getting into a little bit of conversation um, around uh, our society and our position in our society. Um, so yeah, um, if you're not following us already, follow us on Snatch dot. Snapshot podcast on Instagram, or you can obviously listen to this episode in SoundCloud, Apple, um, and also Amazon Music. We're not there yet, but we're there. We're not there yet, we'll be. But until then, uh, see you around very shortly. Take care. Bye. Bye.